Gavin Darklighter's voice crackled over the comm channel. Rogues, we have the crates. Lasers, if you can. Torps, if you can. Better us killing them up here than having them on the ground. Sticks, break starboard. Without thinking, Jaina reacted to Annie Capstan's warning. A plasma blast from a ship sizzled past her ship. Then hot after it came molten chunks of coral skipper. Annie's fighter blazed through, sparks still trailing from her shields, and Jaina dropped onto her aft. Sparky, watch our tail. We're making a run. Jaina slipped her X-wing back into the lead, then leveled out and started in on a crate. As it fired plasma toward her, she snapped off two bursts of splinters fore and aft, then drilled a quad burst into the boxy craft's spine. Coral went from coal black to white hot in an instant, then evaporated. Jaina keyed her calmly. Finish it, Twelve. As ordered, Sticks. Suddenly, Sparky started shrieking. Jaina's secondary monitor showed a pair of skips lurking dead center in her aft scope, slipping in behind Annie. Twelve, break off the run. Sit, Spawn. Annie's voice rose with panic. I'm hit. Jaina jerked her stick to starboard and pulled back to climb, but it was too late. Annie's X-wing, trailing flames from two engines, slammed full force into the crate Jaina had shot up. Jaina caught a pulse of pain from her wingmate. With his head ensconced in a cognition hood, Dane Leon surveyed the battle. It pleased him that so few of his ships were damaged. That pleasure faded quickly as he realized that Shedao Shai was the reason for their successes. His superior had analyzed the infidel's small fighter tactics and anticipated the capital ships using a version of them. His counter-tactic of deploying a Dovin basal screen of no greater strength than needed to pick off the weakened shots succeeded in conserving energy for the intense fields needed to arrest the full-power shots. It does not matter. He might win today, but his victory will just blind him to what needs to be done in the future. Then Leanne smiled. The first Yuzhongvong carrier swooped in at the Tafanda Bay and pulled away sharply at the last moment. The herd ship, which had no guns, presented no obvious threat to the invaders. The second carrier came in level and blasted through the transparisteel of a viewport, clearing a hole big enough to let the carrier through. The boxy Vong ship touched down lightly, opening hatches through which poured a legion of little reptoid shock troops. From the ship's aft emerged a half-dozen Yuzhong Vong warriors, all tall, lean, and terrible. They bore their amphistaffs and wore armor, but it hung loosely on them. They seemed to move uneasily in it, and as Anakin Sola watched them alight from the ship, he supposed their uneasiness came from wearing the dead shell of a creature instead of the living Vandun crab itself. Anakin studied the small screen on his datapad, occasionally hitting a key to provide himself another view from one of the many holocams located throughout the city ship. He switched to the one nearest where the first crate had landed and caught the quick flash of something before static filled the little data window. Another view showed two Yuzhong Vong warriors pointing at the smoking, sparking ruin of the holocam. Deshara Kor rested a hand on his shoulder. It's time, Anakin. Let's go teach them the error of their ways. The young Jedi stalked after Deshara Kor, slipping through a broad doorway and into a wide corridor. It connected with the large series of forested plazas that ran down the belly of the herd ship. 
The reptoids had spread out in little knots of six, moving along the walkways that edged the plazas. De Characor keyed her comlink. Team 12 in place. She brought her lightsaber to hand and covered the ignition button with her thumb. Anakin, I just want to say thanks. He frowned. What for? I got myself lost before and you found me. De Characor smiled. That's a debt so huge, I can't repay it. If I had succeeded, I'd have hated myself forever. Anakin's reply died amid the electronic squealing of an MSE-6 mouse droid rolling along the walkway as fast as it could. Pursuing hotly came a half-dozen reptoids. He flicked his hand at one of them and used the force to boost it into the air. The Yuzhong Vong slave somersaulted and landed with a crunch on the level below. The surprised look on the second reptoid's face died as Anakin slammed his lightsaber against the side of its head, then hit the ignition switch. As that creature pitched backwards, another lunged at him. The young Jedi felt the fire of an amphistaff sharpened edge grazing the inside of his left thigh. He whipped his lightsaber around in a backhanded slash that separated the reptoid's triumphant grin top from bottom. Spinning back, he and Desharakor swung over the walkway balustrade and dropped to the level below, where a Yuzhong Vong warrior strode along the walkway. Quick, Desharakor, the corridor, go! Desharakor darted down the corridor and Anakin made to follow her, but the Yuzhong Vong roared a challenge and charged his amphistaff whirling. Anakin looked up and saw the bladed end of the amphistaff slashing down at his face. Suddenly, he felt himself jerked back by the force as strongly as if he'd been strapped to an X-wing making the jump to light speed. Her lightsaber burning scarlet, Desharakor stepped onto the walkway, interposing herself between the Yuzhong Vong and Anakin. The warrior dropped back into a half-crouch, with his amphistaff held waist-high, and thrust at her twice. The Sharakor sidestepped one lunge, batted the second aside, then pivoted and extended her left leg in a kick that doubled the warrior over. Anakin smiled, then saw the Sharakor stagger and collapse against the walkway. As she slid to the ground, her right arm left a dark, bloody streak on the wall. The amphistaff coiled at the feet of its warrior, then slithered up his leg and into his grip, a red tongue darting from its fanged mouth. It bit her, and she's been poisoned. Anakin rose to his feet, fury racing through him. He summoned the force to himself, feeling its surge. He could do hundreds of thousands of things that would leave the Yuzhong Vong shrieking in untold agonies. I can avenge Chewie, avenge the Sharakor, avenge the people of Sernpedal right here, right now, starting with this one Yuzhong Vong warrior. I can show him what a true Jedi can do. The Yuzhong Vong advanced almost casually. He reached the Sharakor's feet and slashed his amphistaff at her throat. In a heartbeat, Anakin realized that a true Jedi wasn't concerned with what he could do to the enemy, but what evil he could prevent the enemy from inflicting. Using the force, he brought the Sharakor's lightsaber up enough that it deflected the amphistaff strike. The Yuzhong Vong weapon buried itself in the balustrade. The Yuzhong Vong had almost tugged his weapon free of the wall by the time Anakin reached him. The lightsaber's violet energy beam swept low, shredding a knee. As the Yuzhong Vong warrior began to fall, the Jedi brought his weapon up and around in a stroke that caught the invader between shoulder and neck, angling down into his chest. The dead armor held for a second or two, then melted. The warrior slid lifeless off the blade. Anakin dropped to a knee beside the Sharakor. He flicked on his comlink. Team 12, one down. 
Copied, 12. Pull back to the Opal Grove and the med station. Summoning the force to strengthen him, Anakin carried Desharakor deeper into the Ithorian city. Treus Crefe turned from the holographic display of the battle as something slammed into the hull and shook the ship. Shields, what happened? Shields were low. A skip got through, hit us. It was just too powerful for us. Too powerful for us? Crefe growled a quick laugh. Yes, that's it. That's the solution. He looked at his gunnery officer. Give me 50% boost on the power of splinter shots. But it'll slow the rate of fire. I know. But they're putting up weak voids for our weak shots. Make the shift and we can sting them. He turned toward the communication station. Give me Admiral Pelion. Shedao Shai moved through the Ithorian jungle in the midst of his troops. He found his forward force and crouched next to its leader. Report. We have movement there. The Yuzhangvang warrior pointed at a sprawling white complex of ferrocrete. The building rose to three levels, with each stepped back from the one below. Towers rising from the uppermost floor provided ample advantage, and the muzzles of weapons seemed to bristle from walls and viewports. It's defended by automatons. A tremor entered the warrior's voice. They dishonor us by letting their machines do their killing for them. Shedao Shai rose and stared defiantly at the white building before him. They mock us. They mock our gods. Let us break their toys. Then they will have to come to us. And when they do, we will break them as well. At Shedao Shai's order, the Yuzhong Vong surged forward, breaking from the jungle to sprint across open ground at the Ithorian building. Red laser bolts began to burn out from the walls. Around Shedoshai ran Chazrak, swarming over the wall and racing up the ramps to the next level. From the roof towers, more laser fire poured down, though the guns failed to depress enough to rake the building's upper terraces. Shedoshai smiled grimly at that fact, since no living creature, no intelligent creature, would have made that mistake. These automatons are not even as intelligent as beasts. Well-thrown explosive bugs blasted the top of one tower off, sending a triumphant shout throughout the Yuzhongvong host. More explosions split the night, and a second tower crashed down with enough force to shake the whole building. Shedaur Shai found himself shrieking victoriously, but his cry died prematurely. He stepped back, a cold sense of dread seizing him as Yuzhongvong warriors and Chazrak flooded into the building was not right. And not until he realized that the impact from so light a structure as the tower should not have been able to send more than a minor tremor through the building could he pinpoint what was wrong. This is not a permanent structure. He looked around, his eyes widened with growing horror. An orgy of havoc surrounded him. Chazrak were beating automatons into debris. His force had lost all its cohesion and discipline. The raising of the facility and the shattering of its technology continued deep inside, with shouts luring more and more of his troops into the white building's heart. It is what they wanted, what they expected when they put their abominations here. They knew we would take offense and lose our minds. 
Shidao Shai vaulted the low wall and began to back away from the building. He shouted for his troops to retreat and heard his call repeated. The Chazrak near him came away immediately and more of their brethren began to flee, but none of the Yuzhong Wang warriors. Oh, of course not. They would not leave off their sacred duty. He started to use his billet to get the command center to issue a recall, but a rumble began to build, shaking the ground. Shidao Shai knew it was too late. I copy. Thanks, range lead. Corin looked at the other half-dozen Jedi with him. General Dendo says they have taken the bait. Gavin pinpointed the transport they're using as a command center. Saddle up. We're going in hot. Corin, clad as were the other Jedi in black combat suits, climbed aboard a speeder bike. The New Republic defenders, having acknowledged that hitting a target was tough if there was no target, decided to provide the Yuzhong Vong with something to attack on the surface of Ithor itself. They defended it with automated blasters and peopled it with droid shells, cobbled together from spare parts and just enough circuitry to allow the machines a little motion. They knew that using what appeared to be droids to defend a target would likely unhinge the Yuzhong Vong and get them committed to a frenzy of destruction. Toward this end, they constructed a building rather hastily, not worrying about a lot of internal support structures. Despite not providing a deep foundation, the defenders did dig a hole beneath the building. This they filled with explosives. The detonators were wired to one of the computers stored in the heart of the building. The detonation sequence would begin only if the computer shut down. Having an amphistaff shoved into it and twisted accomplished this end rather nicely. The resulting explosion shattered the slab and filled the basement with fire, consuming a half-dozen Chazrak that had wandered down there. The expanding fireball then vaporized the next floor, taking with it the Yuzhong Vong warrior, his amphistaff, and the computer he'd destroyed. The blast cracked what few internal supports had been placed in the building, and as the fireball collapsed, the building collapsed in on top of it. Walls buckled and the uppermost floor pancaked into the second one. The exterior walls cracked and sagged in, albeit unevenly, providing some room for survivors to hunker down. Smoke and dust poured out through broken viewports, with the wailings of the trapped and wounded following closely behind. Corin leapt from his speeder bike seat. With his lightsaber unlit in his hand, he ran to the Yuzhong Vong transport. Jason followed close at his heels, pounding up the landing ramp with his lightsaber at the ready, but found Corin alone in the ship's interior. The elder Jedi stood before a bank of villips and slapped a particular villip none too softly. Shedao Shai, this is Corin Horn. I own your command center, and it's my people harrying your flanks. The visage on the villip hardened. You have less honor than a Nadin. Corin shrugged. I might not have any honor, but I do have a packet of bones here. I think you wanted these. The Yuzhong Vong's eyes became slits. Your deal is... You, me, our seconds. The bones against Ithor. You win, you get the bones. I win, I get the planet. Corin's voice took on an edge. Our forces have a truce until we can fight this out. The villip's lip curled into a sneer. How long until we meet? Corin hesitated for a moment. 
Two weeks. A week, Jedi. No longer. The Villip's voice sank to a gravelly growl. Come prepared to die. Desharakor lay on a bed in the medical bay, covered to her throat with a white sheet. Anakin could tell she was still breathing, but her breaths came shallow and hurried. He moved to the side of the bed and rested his hand on her wrist. She started for a second, then opened her eyes. Her surprised expression changed into one of happiness, though it lingered for only a second or two. Weariness washed from her, and Anakin could feel the spark of her life dimming. Anakin! She slipped her hand from beneath his grip, then brushed a tear from his cheek. He sniffed. Corin was bitten. They saved him. Human chemistry. Different from a Twi'leks. She lowered her hand and grabbed his, squeezing as hard as she could, which felt terribly weak to him. There is nothing they can do. I'm dying. No, not fair. You can't. Anakin snarled as hot tears splashed down his cheeks. Not, not you. Not like... Chewbacca. Anakin's knees buckled. He covered his face with his hands and felt Desharakor stroking his hair. I made a mistake, and he died. I made a mistake, and you were dying. There is no death. There is only the Force. She managed a weak smile. Anakin, you have to know, even though I am dying, I would not change things. Neither would Chewbacca. He died. I die in service to life. You saved me from the darkness. I saved you. Not in recompense, but so you can continue serving life, the Force. He reached up and covered her hand with his. I will never be as good a servant as you or Chewie. Desharakor smiled again, maintaining it, though the corners of her mouth quivered. You already are, Anakin, and will be greater. As you heal, you will be stronger than anyone can imagine. We are proud of you, so proud. Her voice faded along with her smile as life drained from her. Anakin pressed her hand harder against his face, but found her touch fleeting and faint. As he watched, she became lighter, then translucent, and finally disappeared as the sheet that had covered her collapsed. Luke Skywalker, enshrouded in his black cloak, stood silently at the southern edge of the mountain clearing. Toward the center of the clearing sat Corin, cross-legged, his back to his master. He wore his Jedi robes green over black. His bare hands rested on his knees, and his shoulders rose and fell slightly with his breathing. So closely was Luke concentrating on Corin that Shadow Shai's appearance with his second surprised the Jedi master. The Yuzhong Vong commander was nothing short of magnificent, clad in a sleeveless scarlet robe opened down the middle. His leathery gray-green flesh shone as if it had been polished, and a hardened mask of ebon inlay hid his face. 
He bore an ampistaff, which he stabbed tail first into the ground. I am Shedao Domain Shai. This is my subordinate, Dane Domain Lian. He will stand as witness to this combat. Corin remained seated. I am Corin Horn of the New Republic Armed Forces, a Jedi Knight. This is my master, Luke Skywalker. He will stand as witness to this combat. The Yuzhongvang warrior plucked the amphistaff from the ground, whirled it in a blurred circle, then snapped it to a stop against the back of his arm, the hissing head at his wrist and the sharpened tail stabbing up into the blue sky. You are the murderer of Nira Shai and Zrani Shai, my kinsmen. Gorin stood slowly and deliberately. Luke could feel the force gathering in him, swirling around him. And you murdered my friend, Elegos Akla. It is not over the past we fight, but to win the future. Amphistaff spun and lightsaber rose, the Amphistaff's hiss rivaling that of the lightsaber, weapons flashing forward, retreating, then reposting. Luke felt the force breathing Corin. It strengthened him and quickened him, but could not predict for him what his enemy would do. The Amphistaff cut and stabbed, always missing Corin by centimeters and being parried aside. The Yuzhongvang managed to whirl his Amphistaff around in time to parry Corin's lunges or to bat away slashes. They seemed, the two of them, to be perfectly matched. Defeat would come from a single mistake. Corin closed and lunged at Shedao Shai's upper chest. With two hands on the Amphistaff, the Yuzhongvang parried the Argent Blade high, then ducked his head and whirled around in a circle. Pain exploded from the Jedi as the Amphistaff's tail stabbed deep into his guts. The tip tented the back of the robe over Corin's right hip. Then the Yuzhongvang yanked the Amphistaff free, spinning the Jedi to the ground. Corin curled around the holes in his right flank, drawing his knees up. His lightsaber lay smoking on the grass. Luke drew some small comfort from the fact that the strike had not severed Corin's spine. Might have gotten arteries and his guts are whole, but he could survive this. Shidhao Shai drew back several steps, then tugged off his mask and tossed it aside. He raised the gore-streaked amphistaff to his lips and harvested incarnadine fluid with his tongue. Then he nodded. I vowed I would taste your blood as you die. Now I have done that. Corin coughed once, pain flaring through the force. Then rolled up to his knees. He winced as he scooped up his lightsaber and staggered to his feet. Had I been in your boots, I would have vowed something else. Oh? The Yuzhong Vong's eyes narrowed. And what would that have been? I'd have vowed to taste my blood after I was dead. All sense of pain vanished from the Jedi as the Force again enshrouded him. Corin waved the invader forward with his bloody left hand. So... Is this inability to make a clean kill a Vong thing, or just a Domain Shy thing? You're so sloppy, those bones won't want to come home with you. Though Luke could not read him through the Force, the fury and hatred coursing through the Yuzhong Vong was unmistakable. The warrior darted forward, bringing the Amphistaff up and around in a two-handed overhead blow. He smashed it down on Corin's upraised lightsaber, driving the Jedi back a step. Another blow battered the silver blade, and another buckling Corin's legs, dropping him to his knees. 
Shadow Shine towered over him, rising up on his tiptoes to deliver that final blow. The Amphistaff rose and crashed down, set to bash the lightsaber back into its wielder. With a flick of his thumb, Corin killed the blade. Overbalanced because his weapon met no resistance, Shadow Shai buried his Amphistaff deep in the ground and stumbled a half-step forward. The surprise, registering on his face, widened his eyes. Then his lips peeled back in a feral grin as Corin pressed his lightsaber against the Yuzhong Vong's stomach. The blade hissed. Argent light poured from Shidao Shai's mouth a second before he vomited black blood and collapsed to the ground, his spine severed, his belly smoking. The Corellian Jedi pointed his lightsaber at Dane Lian. You witnessed this fight. You know our bargain. Take his body and go. The Yuzhong Vong gestured uncaringly. He died at your hands. He is no longer of the Yuzhong Vong. His body is yours. Corin shook his head. I've no use for it. Then our business is concluded. The Yuzhong Vong spun on his heel and disappeared beyond the edge of the clearing. Luke turned Corin toward where they had landed their shuttle. Let's go. Wait, just a second. Corin pointed at the mask Shadow Shai had discarded. I want that mask. His eyes closed for a moment as pain washed over him. Eligos bones. They're watching. That mask will show him that the Vong are not invincible. And for Ithor, at least, there will be peace. Upon his solitary return to the legacy of torment, Dane Lian assumed command of the Yuzhong Vong fleet. Appropriating Shidao Shai's suite, he immediately issued an order, the preparation for which he had begun over a month before, when he realized it was the most expedient way of dealing with Arthur. Shidao Shai had rejected it, but Dane Lian's other master had approved. From a dozen coral skippers launched twelve seed-shaped Yorick coral pods. Their outer sheaths began to heat up and ablate as they entered the Ithorian atmosphere, and aerosol droplets descended over the jungle in a fine mist. The bacteriological agents began to metabolize everything and reproduce in an exponential progression. Nothing that lived on Ithor could resist the bacteria. It soaked into the ground, destroying insects and other microbes. It coursed through wormholes and gushed into rodent warrens. Creatures taken unaware had a putrid wave wash over them, dissolving flesh, leaving bone, then cresting again to destroy the skeletons. The bacteria attacked relentlessly and fast. Its metabolism of the planet's life released quantities of hydrogen and oxygen. The planet's temperature began to rise, the oceans darkened, and a stinking shadow stole over the face of Ithor. In no time at all, the bacteria reached the place where Shedao Shai's lifeless body lay on the ground. His flesh resisted the bacteria for a moment or two. But the agent found egress through the wound Corin had opened in him. The bacteria ate into him, consuming him bone and sinew. His skeleton fell apart, then his bones cracked and oozed black as the marrow was devoured. Finally, the bacteria liquefied his skull, removing the last trace of his presence from the world his death was meant to save.
Dane Leanne looked at the villip bearing his true master's face. It is done, Warmaster Tsavongla. Shedao Shai is dead. The threat of Ithor is no more. I have the fleet moving out. Splendid. The villip's image smiled. You have done well, Lian. The legacy of torment is yours. When you get to the Brillian, I shall have orders waiting for you. Then Lian nodded solemnly. This one awaits your pleasure. What was that? A jolt shook the legacy of torment, knocking the villip off its perch. The Yuzhong Vong crashed to his knees. Something is wrong. Very wrong. Ignoring the shouts from the villip on the floor, Dane Lian ran from the cabin and sprinted toward the bridge. In the time Corin's challenge won for the New Republic, Admirals Crefay and Pelion had not been idle. In studying the performance of Yuzhong Vong's ships, both large and small, they had discovered a vulnerability they thought they could exploit. Snubfighter pilots had noticed that projecting voids cut into a skip's ability to maneuver. The two admirals wondered if the reverse would also not be true, especially in the case of the Yuzhong Vong capital ships. Toward this end, Crefe had summoned the Karuska Rainbow from the fleet arrayed to defend Agamar. As the Yuzhong Vong started to move out, the interdictor cruiser jumped into close orbit around Ithor and brought all four of its gravity well projectors online. That effectively doubled the mass of Ithor, steepening its gravity well and slowly beginning to suck the legacy of torment back toward the dying world. The Yuzhong Vong at the helm of the legacy brought more Dovin Basils under helm control to counteract this effect, and by the time Dane Lian reached the bridge, his ship was again on the move. Quickly, the Karuska Rainbow computed firing solutions for the Yuzhong Vong Grand Cruiser, and their telemetry was fed to the main defender fleet. Barrage after barrage of proton torpedoes and concussion missiles slammed into the voidless legacy, shattering Yorick coral plates. The energy released by their detonations incinerated neural tissue and disintegrated the aft hull, opening the ship to the void of space. Dane Lian knew a moment of agony as a fireball expanded into the bridge. He would have screamed, but the air was burned from his lungs before he could make a sound. For the half-second of clarity his mind possessed, he could hear Shedao Shai counseling him to make the pain a part of himself so he could know union with the gods. It really did not matter that the legacy was burning when it hit the planet's atmosphere. The friction from entry alone would have produced enough heat for the hull to ignite the oxygen-rich atmosphere. Fire flared out, quickly wreathing the planet. The Yuzhong Vong fleet, what was left of it, sped along its outbound vector and disappeared. Ithor, once a peaceful planet, blazed in their wake. With it burned the Bafur trees and the hopes of the New Republic. Admiral Gilad Pelion paused at the landing ramp on his shuttle, turned, and shook Admiral Crefe's hand. Admiral, I found working with you fascinating, even enlightening. The Bothan nodded. I share your feelings, Admiral. I have nothing but respect and admiration for you. Thank you, Trieste. The remnant officer broke his grip and looked at the other two men walking up to him. General Antilles, Colonel Fell, what have you decided? Jagged Fell clasped his hands. 
I'll remain here with two squadrons, liaising with Rogue Squadron. I hope, sir, you understand my desire to stay. Understand, yes. Respect and envy, even. Kellyan smiled at Wedge Antilles. This is not the last you shall see of me, my friends. Right now, my people are afraid of helping you. There will come a time when they are more afraid of not helping you. I will return, then. I just hope it won't be too late. That is our hope as well, traced Grife smiled. May your course plots be easy and your orbits safe. The same to you. Pellion nodded and started up the ramp. He looked back once just to make sure he would remember them, because he was not certain at all that he would ever see them again. Then the landing ramp retracted and his shuttle carried him home. Jaina still felt numb, sitting there in the Ralroost's meditation cabin. Annie's death left a hole in her life. They had become closer than Jaina had realized during her stint with Rogue Squadron. A sense of guilt compounded the loss. Intellectually, she knew that there was nothing she could have done to save Annie. But that didn't stop her from feeling that she should have found a way to keep her friend alive. Now I know how Anakin felt about Chewie. She sniffed and straightened up, swiping at tears as the cabin door opened. She glanced at the silhouette and managed a weak smile. Did Mom send you? Anakin shook his head and sat on the floor. No, I wanted to talk to you. I thought... Well, look, one day Sharakor died. She said some stuff that made me think. I thought maybe... Well... Jaina softened her voice. What is it, Anakin? Well, she let me know. Let me see that for her, it wasn't so... I mean, it was bad that she died, but she wasn't mad at me. His voice broke and his hand smeared tears across his face. Your friend Annie had to know you were safe. She didn't die hating you. Anakin, thank you. Jaina sighed. I want to hope you're right. Corin let the door to his tiny cabin slide shut behind him, then rested with his back against it. After his wounding, he'd slipped into a Jedi trance and been transferred immediately to a Bacta tank. He'd been floating there, barely conscious, when the Yuzhang Vong attacked Ithor. He could feel life on the planet being extinguished, as if something were blotting out all the stars in the sky one by one. The mother jungle, the living entity that the Ithorians loved and dedicated their lives to preserving— had been destroyed, leaving every Ithorian feeling as hollow inside as Corin had when... He glanced at the Yuzhong Vong shell lying on the bunk in the small cabin. He took one step toward it, then touched a finger to the latch creature, ignoring the sting of the needle as it drew his blood. The shell slowly opened. Bioluminescent tissue shed a pale green light that glowed softly from Elegos bones. The Jedi sank back on his heels and looked up into the jeweled eyes of what had once been his friend. From inside his robe he drew the mask Shedao Shai had worn. He rubbed a sleeve over its black surface, erasing a smudge, then reverently set it in Elegos' lap. Your murderer is dead. I know you'd be horrified to think I killed him for you, 
I didn't. I, I did it for Ithor. The gold skeleton stared down at him, cold mercilessness glinting from the gems in its eye sockets. Never any fooling you, was there, my friend? Corin thought as he looked away, unable to stand Elegos' dead gaze. I told myself it was for Ithor. I had myself convinced, I really did, until there was a point in the fight. I'd turned my lightsaber off. Shadao Shai had overbalanced himself. I shoved my lightsaber's hilt against his stomach. A shudder quaked through Corin. There was a moment there, a nanosecond. I hesitated, not because I thought of life as sacred and that taking any life was horrible, the way you would have, my friend. No, I hesitated because I wanted Shadao Shai to know he was dead. If he was going to see his life flash before his eyes, I wanted him to take a good look at it. I wanted him to know it was all for nothing. Corin's right hand curled into a fist. In that one moment, Elegos, I dishonored your sacrifice. He sighed. In that one moment, I crossed the line. I walked on the dark side. He raised his head and met Elegos' bejeweled stare. Without your help, without your guidance, I'm not sure how I can deal with that. Jason Solo studied Corin Horn as the elder Jedi sat gathered into a tight ball in a chair. Bacta had healed the physical wound the Corellian had suffered, but a certain amount of psychic agony still poured from him. As far as Jason could see, Corin had done everything right, hadn't been out of control or acting like a rogue Jedi— and yet that was how he was being portrayed in the news reports about Ithor. Ganna Rizzotti shook his head. There is no doubt about it. The death of Ithor is a serious shock. Debrillian, Belkaden, even Cernpadol, hardly anyone recognized those worlds. Ithor, on the other hand, is as well known as Coruscant. Corin sighed. And now is a sister world to Alderaan. Ganner paced impatiently. I just can't believe it. Corin puts his own life on the line, nearly dies to save Ithor, and has been transformed into yet another world-killing Jedi. Vader to Kip to Corin. I'm surprised they didn't build a link to Kamas in there. Luke pressed his hands together. People are giving in to their fear. They're not thinking clearly. We need calm. Calm isn't all we need, Master. You will need something more. Corin looked up. Master, you must repudiate me. Borisk Felia is looking to avert a disaster. He can do it only by laying the blame on someone else. Right now he's dropping the blame on the Jedi. You have to let it land on me. Luke shook his head adamantly. The Jedi are not going to abandon you to political maneuvering. Luke? Mara leaned toward her husband. This is a fight we can't win. And the effort we expend is going to detract from our ability to help people. She sighed. If we're waging public opinion wars when we should be fighting the Yuzhang Wong, we will lose horribly. A sense of resignation rolled off Luke Skywalker and surprised Jason. Uncle Luke, are you going to agree to this? The Jedi Master looked up. I can't fault this logic. You're letting the ends justify the means. Jason blinked his eyes in amazement. Can't you see that? To save us some pain, you become as evil as Darth Vader or Thrawn. 
Corin held up a hand. Jason, I get hammered, but at least the Jedi won't. That means you are still free to do the jobs that need to be done. If I didn't do this, I'd deserve the reputation for being evil. He unfolded himself from within the chair. With elbows planted on knees, he held his head in his hands. I'm not totally innocent here. Far from it. Some of the things Master Skywalker feared about vengeance and the dark side, they were true. I'm going to need time to sort them out. My being disowned, well, we get some good out of it for the Jedi. For me. Concern washed over Luke's face and flooded his voice. Corin, whatever you need, I know, Master, thank you. I think, I hope... It's just time. Ganner scratched at the scar on the left side of his face. What will you do if you leave the Jedi? Corin shifted his shoulders uneasily. Well, Coruscant isn't home anymore. Mirax and I will return to Corellia. Maybe Corellia can be motivated to do some positive things concerning the refugees created by the Vong. Worst comes to worst... I hook up with Booster to use the errand venture to help out. He looked at Luke. You know, despite problems I may be having, I'll be there if you need help. It's just, right now, I think this is the best thing I can do for the Jedi all the way around. Jason just shook his head. He had long known that the heroic mold in which Luke and Corin had cast themselves as Jedi was not to his liking. It seemed a poor fit and that fit worsened as the Jedi bowed to political considerations. If we serve life and the Force, how can we let politics turn one of us, all of us, away from that duty? We can't. There has to be another way. He sighed. I have to find that other way. Jason? The young Jedi straightened. Yes, Corin. I know this doesn't sit well with you. I can see that in your eyes. Yours, too, Ganner. I appreciate that. But I need the both of you to do something for me. Corin looked at the two younger Jedi. Some Jedi, like Kip and Worth, will take my leaving as a good sign. They'll think they've won some sort of victory. It will make their plays for power that much more effective. He glanced at Luke. You have to support Master Skywalker. If the Jedi aren't together in opposing the Vong... I thought will be just one more tragedy in what's going to be a very long list. I'll do it, Ganner smiled. Thanks for providing me an example to follow. Corin shifted his gaze to Jason. What about you? Jason started to open his mouth, then closed it. He wanted to agree, but it meant committing himself to a direction he wasn't certain was for him. Yet, despite his ambivalence, he nodded. I'll do my best. I'm sure that will be more than enough. Corin straightened up. I'm sorry to abandon you. There are things I have to do. I just hope you are able to handle the Vong. If there ever comes a time when folks look forward to the return of the man who killed Ithor, well, we know that means the invasion is completely out of hand, and things are truly beyond saving. <laughs>